thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Flourish with Elise Comerford, where we hear real stories from everyday people that will encourage and inspire you on your own health journey. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Flourish podcast, where we hear real healing stories from real people. If you've been enjoying the podcast so far, it really um, lights me up when I see reviews on the iTunes store. So if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to review it, then pop over to the iTunes store, rate and review the podcast, and that helps it reach more people, which is what the goal of the Flourish podcast is, to reach as many people as possible with stories of healing and hope. So today on the podcast, we have a lovely friend of mine, ex-client and now friend, um, Abby Trithrowan. Hi, Abby. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. It's really lovely. good. It's lovely to be chatting to you today. As always. Yes. As always. Such a pleasure. Um, and so you've got your mum up at the moment. I do. It's wonderful. She's helping me so much. She's doing my cooking. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. And yes. So she's babysitting while I talk at the moment. Yeah, we're going to have to line your mum up in the next week for a podcast too because Abby's Definitely. Is also a client of mine. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing well. Very well. Family journey. So a couple of weeks on the podcast I had Brie and we that was in um, I think it was episode seven. Uh, with a story about her son Hendrick's hospitalization to thriving. Um, and Brie was my first guest on the podcast where she could share a story where she'd done gaps and then had a baby. And so that's a path you've been down as well. So done gaps with your kids and now you've had a new gaps baby. Yes, yes. This is sort of my first one. My third one was sort of my first one knowing about gaps from from day one, from preconception, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, so it's been really interesting to see the differences between all three of my kids along the way okay. and different stages I've been at with my health journey. So let's keep um, everyone in suspense. They can be yes. wondering what baby number three is like and we'll hear a bit about the other two. Okay. So when did it all start for you guys? When did you start to see that there was issues with your other two that were needing some resolving? Um, so I think it was, um, uh, it was more the birth of, uh, Noah, my second, who's now not long turned five. Um, and he had a really, well, the pregnancy was quite rough. It was categorized high risk early on with, um, some bleeding, um, that sort of had me in and out of hospital the whole pregnancy. Um, and I was then diagnosed with vasoprevia and categorized high risk. Um, so it was quite uh, high stress pregnancy. Yeah. Um, the last 11 weeks I was basically hospitalized and bedridden. Um, my husband Mark had to take time without pay off work. So it was quite stressful. Um, and I was booked in for a, um, a planned C-section, which um, I wasn't happy about. I'd only just started doing you know, a lot of research on the differences between C-section babies and vaginal birth babies at the time. So I wasn't, you know, thrilled to hear that he was going to have to be a planned C-section, but considering the um, the diagnosis that I had, that was really the only way, there was no way around that. Um, so I was quite strictly following Western A Price at the time um, and doing the Western A Price diet, which was when I sort of became really deflated because I was 
you know, eating what I thought at the time was the healthiest I could possibly eat, doing lots of bone broths, but at the time um, they were, you know, really long three-day cooked bone broths, so probably not, that, you know, in hindsight wasn't the best for me, but eating really, you know, consciously eating, um, doing cod liver oil, all that kind of stuff, and so it was really, you know, just sort of all came crumbling down when this all happened. Um, and, yeah, when I found out it, he was going to be C-section, I was quite, you know, distraught, had to sort of get my head around that and do as much planning as possible um, for that, getting my health as, as best as I could um, and anything that I could do, you know, in the hospital after and before the C-section to increase my, you know, good bacteria which would then in turn help him. Um, but as it turned out, he was um, he, he was born early at 33 weeks. Yeah. Um, he, they, we ended up being an um, emergency C-section under general. Um, I was given a course of antibiotics um, when, I, when I went in and my waters had broken um, and I'd also been given antibiotics for a, a, to, a wisdom tooth infection um, about a month before that, which I tried to avoid but in the end just couldn't. Um, and then I was put under general. So when he was born, he was given a really strong dose of, um, antibiotic, um, gentamicin, I think it was. So he was on that for 24 hours after birth as well. So, um, it was a pretty rocky start for him. And yeah, I think from day one, he just sort of, the issues were pretty obvious, um, he was in only in the NICU for about three weeks and we got him home and it was just issues with breastfeeding, uh, a tongue tie, which we had um, snipped, but then, you know, the he, he became quite unsettled and appeared to be in pain and he would, you know, basically scream day and night. Um, we just tried everything. We took him to everyone, naturopaths, osteopaths, craniosacral therapy. We just did so much trying to get on top of, why he was so unsettled um and yeah I was really you know conscious of what I was eating I was taking more and more stuff out of my diet um you know just worrying I took dairy out and I took eggs out and all that kind of stuff um and I was in really good health at that time I think the stress um you know not knowing what to eat it was just all becoming quite you know quite horrible the whole experience yeah. Um, and, you know, we sort of kept thinking he'll grow out of it and then, you know, six months hit, then we had a paediatrician who advised to cease uh, breastfeeding and go on to a hypoallergenic formula, which I didn't do, um, just didn't feel right about doing that, Wanted to, really wanted to keep the breastfeeding up, was determined to make that happen. Uh, so just kept eliminating things basically out of my diet, um, he was diagnosed with severe reflux um, and we were, we were told to use low sec, which we tried for about three days and then decided we really wanted to try more natural things before we started, you know, just continuing with the low sec. Um, so I took him to a naturopath who gave him some gut powder, like a gut healing sort of powder. Um, and everything we did sort of, you know, would be flight improvements and then before we knew it, it was sort of like, you know, we're back to the same place. Uh, as he developed, then he developed, um, you know, eczema around his mouth and um, just seemed to be 
not tolerating a lot of foods and I couldn't quite work out what it was. Um, at that stage, we were just doing puree and I was following Western A. Price, um, the, the formulation for baby solids. Um, and, yeah, just really trying to figure out. I've been really strict with what he was eating um, and I was still breastfeeding but just couldn't couldn't get to the bottom of what was going on. And then as, as he grew up, um, we're starting to see some behavioural issues, some um, anger sort of presenting, some that that sort of thing as well was coming up, um, and his eczema just continued to get worse and worse. Uh, I think he was about two when um, when his eczema sort of just flared up so badly that I took him to a GP and he basically prescribed me the antibiotic creams and steroids and said, he, you know, it's it's really bad, it's infected, he's itching it all night, it's bleeding, he really needs these. Um, and at that stage, I thought, well, I really only, I've got, I have to go one of two ways. I have to, I have to use the creams or I have to make a really drastic change. Um, and gaps had been in my periphery for about two or three years. It had been mentioned on, you know, Facebook groups, um, as a, as a possibility for me to try. And, um, back then I was so exhausted. Um, I read about it and it was something that I just felt you know, for the years leading up to this that I just wasn't something I could deal with. And that's um, the same for so many people. I always yeah. tell people that too. I knew about gaps for three years before I did anything about it because yeah. that, that thing, it's like you've got to know about it for a while, hear some stories, yeah. go from yeah. thinking that's just crazy and over the top to, okay, I can see how that's helping people and it just starts to become more of a possibility. Yeah, that was that was exactly where it was with me. It sort of had to sit there and, you know, in the back, subconsciously just you know simmering away um and as I learned more about it and and you know I just think I needed that time to really um you know, get my head around it yeah. and you know as much as I said well there's no way I, I'll ever do something that extreme I think that 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 thought just grew and then and when, it, when things got so severe with him um and I was really adamant not to have to just you know and I knew that things like creams were just a band-aid I knew that whatever was going on in him internally, um, you know, the creams might fix the eczema, but where is that going to present itself, that gut damage? And and knowing that, I knew too much then to just say, oh, let's just slap on a cream and be done with it. I knew that, okay, that's that's a, a red flag um, and that's probably linked to behavioural issues and then that could be linked to po- other possible conditions that he might, you know, develop food allergies and all that kind of stuff. So, I think that was the turning point for me. I thought I'm going to have to do it. Um, And so at that stage, I I went to the library, I borrowed the book, I read the book and I said, all right, I'm going to start this in three weeks, I think it was. And I just started cooking um, stocks. Um, At that stage, I didn't know as much as I know now. So there were some things looking back. um, I wasn't doing perfectly with the stocks and everything, but um, it was – it was as good, you know. It was it was still very strict the way um, when I started intro. Um, so I just gave myself, I think, three weeks to do some batch cooking, um, talk to the kids about it, and I was I think I started them both at a really good age. So Eve was um, four and Noel was two, um, and so they were old enough to understand, but still young enough, um, you know, still they they could understand what we were doing and that we were going to start eating differently. Um, but, yeah, they, you know, it was sort of easy because they were at home with me so I didn't have the challenges of, you know, daycare and school and all that kind of thing. Um, so with Eve was really interesting because um, 
she I never thought she needed gaps and I, I, I just thought the easiest thing would be to do do it with her as well um, and I would never have considered it for her because you know she was um, she was a natural birth um, never had any issues with her getting sick um, as a baby she was really content happy baby just yeah never never really anything that came up with her um, uh, maybe some slight anxiety around the time Noel was born, which I related back to the stress the whole family was under at the time, um, just having some issues with sleeping. Um, so anyway, I, I just thought, look, the easiest thing is to put them both on it. Eve will surely benefit from it. So we started now that it's almost coming up three years um, and we started intro and um, – yeah, do you want me to talk about my intro, Yeah, Jane? Yeah, that's the bit so, everyone wants to hear. Everyone wants to hear. <laughs> so I basically just, you know, lined family and friend, my family, both my um, my parents lived close by at this time and my husband's parents um, and were both really supportive. Um, and so basically just said probably for the next month we're probably going to be pretty homebound and quiet. We started in the middle of Victorian winter, so it was pretty easy to do. Yeah, lots of suits. Perfect timing. Um, I didn't do it myself at the time, although I wanted to, but I just thought I need my strength to get them through it. Yeah, um, that's a I'm really decision. glad I did it that way. That just yeah. worked for me because at the time it was extremely difficult to get them through that first week. And, um, yeah, I just I just needed my strength yeah. and my confidence yeah. <laughs> and my vices at that time. So, uh, look, yeah, the first um, the first day was pretty easy. They they ate everything. Um, Noah, it was really interesting to see how quickly the symptoms started. Um, that first night, Noah woke up and vomited, and I thought, wow, that has been one day of just some soup, and already I could see um, he woke up and vomited, and then the next day he was willing to eat, and that was about all for him. It was really surprising. He didn't suffer too much die off or you know issues he was pretty willing to eat the food he was still at a really you know young age he was pretty excited about the whole thing um and so he took off really well with it um with that first week eve was the one that really surprised me she really got knocked around with a lot of die off symptoms um she basically stopped eating for i think it was nearly 10 days mm-hmm. um and when I, when I say stopped eating, I think, excuse me, the first maybe week all I could manage to get into her was maybe, you know, a handful of lamb that was that was cooked in broth um, and some coconut and honey bombs that we did just to keep her blood sugar up. Um, but she, uh, yeah, she's usually a really active little girl and I'd never seen her. She was just lying on the floor. Um, and it got quite scary after about four or five days. Um, and my mum's a nurse and a little worried, you know, she was definitely on board and supportive, but seeing her like that and having, having not eaten for so long, um, yeah, she sort of had got me a little bit worried at, at that stage. Um, and I ended up getting a practitioner, um, another lady in Victoria that I just needed to call just to help me with do I do I stop do I keep going is this normal should I be worried what do I do from here sort of thing um and she was really good at that stage she talked me through 
um, you know, that, that this is quite normal, that her body detoxing, um, she's getting rid of a lot of toxins that had been built up. I think she was a bit older than Noah. Um, and, and that just to really have faith that, you know, that she will pick up, she will start eating just to push on, even though small amounts of food that she was eating was, were still really beneficial. Um, so I pushed on with her. Um, and I think about day 11, it just switched. Um, and she just started eating so much food, which was amazing. So, um, and she just turned a corner and just, yeah, just was thriving after that. So that was challenging that, that first sort of week or two. Um, and after that, we just kept on, um, I think, um, Sorry, my mum's just talking. <laughs> Checking everything's okay. Um, so we just – intro took us about six months, um, yeah. mainly because we hit with Noel with his with his eczema was the main thing we were looking for with him as a red flag that um, – not that, you know, to stop. So we did it really carefully. Um, and I was working with this other practitioner for a while that was helping me through intro, just going really slowly. So he hit issues with nuts um, that only took a couple of months before he was tolerating them. Uh, His big issue was egg white. Um, And after five months of, you know, pulling it out, trying it, pulling it out, trying it, I started getting a bit disheartened thinking, you know, he should be healing. This is just going on and on and on. Um, And just kept having faith that we're doing the right thing, kept giving, you know, at this stage they're having their three bowls of soup a day. So doing lots and lots of broth, um, doing detox baths every night or, you know, just doing it all by the book. And I think it was about eight months. Um, I'll never forget the day I gave him egg whites and the next day he was no eczema and, you know, adding it slowly in and just seeing that just, you know, his eczema didn't come up and his behaviour was really settled. And so we moved moved along and I think, um, I think it was about nine months that we moved on to full gaps. And so how did his eczema go throughout that journey? So st- from starting on intro and then he kind of had was sick that first night and then was doing okay. Yeah. How, does it, how did his eczema track for all of that? So I think it was about only about three weeks before it cleared up, um, maybe less. I've got it all written down there, two or three weeks before his eczema cleared up. That was the first time we saw no eczema in, you know, in a year or two with him. His skin totally cleared up, um, and then we, whenever we tried a food that that he wasn't, um, that you know had had an issue with, that was the first thing that we saw would flare up, and we would also see a change in his behaviour, um, you know, meltdowns, all that kind of thing. Always tight, we always went hand in hand. Um, hand eater issues with him as well, but the eczema was always the first thing um, that would would flare up with a food that didn't. Um, didn't work with him Um, and so yeah so we just really had to have faith and take our time to take it out and try again in a month and it was always like oh here we go another month Mm -hmm. of basically you know staying on intro would progress forward with other foods but you know there were these these certain foods that were quite annoying to have to pull out but just you know let's just go slowly and do it properly not rough through it, um, which I'm so glad we did because he eats maybe eight eggs sometimes a day now <laughs> and we haven't seen Exmo in Noah for, yeah, nearly three years. Yeah, yeah so um, 
and then once we moved on to full gaps, there was still, yeah, there's still things. I know with Eve, nightshades came out to be a huge issue. Um, so we've only just recently introduced them again after like two and a half years of being off nightshades and she's doing well with them. But they were something that even up, up after a year or so was still presenting as an issue for her. And with her, her reactions were more emotional. Um, and she was also um, found to have pyrols at the time. So all her her um, reactions were always really emotional um, meltdowns and days where she would just be weeping and teary for no mm-hmm. reason. Um, and nightshades were definitely something that 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 bring that on really strongly in her. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also been amazing to see. Um, I know after eighteen months of no nightshades, I was also thinking, oh, she'd never never be able to have a tomato again, and she eats all them now with no worries. So. Um, and yeah, so, and so Eve is your one that you know when you started. It was like she's she's not the kid that really needs gaps, um, but she's going to come along for the ride. And that's so common. I hear that quite a lot. That you've got the kid yeah. that really needs it, and the other one you're like, well, you know, it won't harm them. And then you end up seeing lots of changes in them as well. Like, wow, okay, there actually was things that we needed to work on. So, what were some of the thing other things you were seeing in Eve that changed when you guys did intro? Um, I think a lot his sleep. Um, so yeah, I, I was sort of always more looking at physical, uh, you know, physical issues with her and, uh, you know, she, she never seemed to have any, but it was more with her emotional, um, a bit of anxiety, um, sleep issues, emotional, you know, outbursts where she just got weepy and teary and that kind of thing with her. Um, and she definitely, I know, um, while I was pregnant with her, I had huge candid issues, um, and I saw that with her too, similar sort of candida symptoms and her body just craving sugar. And at that time, I, I mean, when she was born, I was at the stage of sort of being paleo, um, but also not doing paleo really well. We were still abusing the sweet treats. So, um, We've yeah, all done paleo right. like that. <laughs> exactly. And, and I thought that was I was doing the best with her at that, at that time when she was sort of one and two. I was keeping her off the refined sugar but replacing that with a whole lot of dates and, you know, paleo-approved sweet treats, which we just went overboard on. I was sort of felt like I was depriving her of the normal things, so probably overindulged in those sort of things. And I think, yeah, I mean, Candida just picks up on that as well with her. And she just, yeah, she just had a real um, addiction to sugar, natural sugars as well. Um, So, yeah, that was interesting too with her. Um, Yeah. So that was basically um, basically intro for us, and then we just sailed on with full gaps, slowly introducing foods, um, and really did the two and a half years. Um, we had a few bumps along the road. My practitioner, who um, at one stage, I think about a year or eighteen months in, um, had recommended a probiotic that I didn't check the ingredients. Um, and we were going along really smoothly, had been for months, and then I um, got Noah and Eve onto this particular probiotic, and within 24 hours, Noah had flipped out, and I didn't recognize him. He was, like, having these crazy angry outbursts, violent, screaming. It was like nothing I had ever seen, and I just couldn't quite work out what was going on. Um, 
nothing. I just we'd been camping, but had not introduced any new foods. I had even taken smoothies camping and juice camping. I'd, I'd really kept up everything um, as perfectly as I could. Um, and I got home from the trip, and I got onto my question and answer page and. Um, put up a question, can anyone help me, and realised we tracked it back to this one probiotic which had dairy and soy traces in it. Um, so I put it down to how sensitive he is to anything like that. Um, so I'm really careful now of anything I give him and make sure I check. But it was just so interesting to see um, to see his reaction to that and, you know, once we cleared him of that after a week or two of not being on it, he went back to normal. But just how sensitive he reacts, particularly Noah, to to things that he, he can't really have. Um, so um, after that, we also um, went to see a, another practitioner in Melbourne who um, extremely, extremely high fees. Um, and I decided that that was, you know, worth it. Um, he was having some gut issues at this time with um, tummy aches and explosive diarrhea, that kind of thing that sort of came on at around um, 18 months as well. Um, so decided to go and see this really fancy practitioner in Melbourne and um, just, you know, thought, well, that's just the price we have to pay. Who put him on a, a protocol with a lot of supplements? And we paid a lot of money for a lot of supplements um, and – yeah, didn't see a whole lot, um, whole lot of improvement after that. And since you know, since realised that, um, yeah, my pra- the practitioner hadn't, although she was GAPS practitioner, hadn't done GAPS herself. So I don't think, um, you know, wasn't wasn't really um, supporting us with, you know, using GAPS itself to to help him, and was more pushing supplements. So. You know, that was learning curve for me too that we sort of had to go back to the diet and to figure out what was going on um, under the GAPS umbrella and not just, you know, spend hundreds of dollars on all these supplements. It, it's always come back to, um, you know, some something there that we're missing in GAPS. So that was also interesting for us. Um, and that's basically where we were sort of coming on to two years. We were still having a few... You know, things had pretty much cleared up. There was just a few, you know, coming to the end, so to speak, of gaps um, and wanting to sort of slowly start transitioning off over, you know, the next few months but still had these underlying issues going on with Noah's tummy and these tummy aches Um, and that's when I found you. Um, After after listening to um, so many podcasts, Quirky Journey, um, and I just thought, look, I just need someone who – believes in gaps and who lives and breathes it who's done it who understands it who's going to support us being on gaps um and just to knock these last few issues out of for us um and yes so um and then i had a consult with you and i think we um from there worked out look we're doing really well there's just a few things probably still that haven't quite been cleared up um, and that's when chelation came up is probably the best thing to do now um, to just chelate those heavy metals um, and that they're probably in a position now of healing to, to start doing that. And that's basically where we're at. We're sort of slowly transitioning off. Um, 
you know, always probably plan to eat this way and this is probably just the way we live. It's a way of life. I don't ever plan to eat a standard diet. Um, I plan to sort of always be doing this, just bringing in some non-GAPS foods that make life a bit easier sometimes, some buckwheat, some tapioca. Um, but, yeah, we, we're really experimenting at the moment with slowly bringing in some other GAPS foods, non-GAPS foods, sorry, and just working on chelating, um, doing rounds of chelation as we go, which um, we see huge improvements after that as well. So we're still going, but, um, yeah, it's just been amazing to, to really – it's not when you sit down and, and sort of, you know, wrap it all up like that, you just think how far we've come. And, and but it has, you know, it's been a long time, but it's been amazing to see – the results really yeah and that's the thing when people hear the the length of the journey they can go oh my gosh how can I even do that and it's like that quote and I don't know who says it but it's like the time will pass anyway um and that's exactly that's exactly how it works the time will pass anyway and the good thing about doing something like gaps like you said in the first two to three weeks and it doesn't always happen that quickly with eczema clearing up but it's great it did for Noah um, but in the first two, three weeks, you saw the eczema clear up. So you start hitting some milestones along the way. It's not like it takes the three years for things to even start looking better. You start hitting those milestones along the way and things yep. feel better as you're going and everyone feels better. Everyone's doing better and you're just kind of, you know, peeling back more layers of the onion as you figure out what's yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah. And you're le- like learning along the way and just, and, and you know, it was so eye-opening. It was so good for them to see how food affects them. Um, how food affects their behavior and that's what I want to go from this you know educating them and I just feel like what a gift to give them at that young age to really experience you know um, what food can do how it can heal I know you know it's the first thing we go to if we're unwell let's go back and do some more healing foods let's go back to stage two for a week let's add in more egg yolks let's add in broth and that's just our go-to that's their medicine cabinet so to speak now most of the time um and another thing I should add that really came out as a, an amazing thing, which I always love telling, you know, mums with kids, that the fussy eating, that all stopped. Yeah. Um, Eve wouldn't eat eggs in any way, shape or form and it drove me crazy because they're just the easiest, you know, breakfast, lunch or dinner and she hadn't eaten them for um, months and, you know, now she eats them. They eat an avocado for lunch. They're just – the fussy eating stopped and that's why I really – I love sharing that with mums because there's so many people say, oh, my kids just wouldn't eat the food. And it's like, yeah, I, that, you know, once you start healing, they might, they might not eat it for a week or two, but once they, their bodies start healing, it's so cool to see what kids start eating and loving. And for me, that's what I wanted to add in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love, you know, what they classify treats now and, you know, like, oh my gosh, can we have an apple? It's, that's <laughs> like a treat. <laughs> and yeah, just the, the foods that they have just become, you know, their normal foods and it's just awesome to see them enjoying them and, yeah. I know so. I've had so many clients when I'll say, you know, in a couple of weeks they'll be eating this, this and this and they're just like, not my kid. I'm like, yep, that may work for everyone else but not my kid. And then oh. in a few weeks they're like, oh, my gosh, they're eating this. I just can't. I'll have clients take photos of their kids eating and send it to me oh. like, look what they are eating. <laughs> yeah, and at the end of the day when that happens, it makes it worthwhile. Like I, it, it actually just for me that's like all that work, all the effort, all the cooking, all the time, it's just worthwhile. Like 
And only the other day I had a fight with Noah because he just had he was woke up in a mood and I was nothing he wanted for breakfast. And I, I finally, after all this offering, all this stuff, he just said, "I just want a mushroom spinach and onion omelet." <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can do that. Are you sure? Like, did I hear you correctly? That's all he wanted, and he loved it. He ate it all. And yeah, it's very so specific. Cool. Very specific with Noah. Yeah, I can't yeah. get it. Yeah, I have to do it right as he wants. But yeah, that's just yeah. It actually happens. Like they they eat they eat food. It's yeah. It's true. It happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, how are the kids doing now? They're awesome. Yeah, like I said, we're still we're still chelating. Um, we had a little break while I was, you know, heavily pregnant and in trimester four with Zephyr, we, we sort of had a break from the chelating, um, and have just started again every week. Um, we're doing one now. We just started today. Um, and so, yeah, they're just, they were plodding along really well. Um, it's just become second nature, the food to them. They still know that we pretty much have our bowl of soup with our broth every day. Um, and then our and kids, our kids play together and talk about get their little toys and go. Are you doing gaps? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you it's any so organic? <laughs> oh, it's so funny to hear their conversations, and it's actually amazing to hear how much they understand. Uh, like you know about the good bugs and the bad bugs. Oh, you know, I don't want to eat sugar. That's going to feed the bad bugs, and then they'll grow. And <laughs> it's really cool to hear um, them, especially playing with other little gaps kids. Are like, oh. Look. They all talk about the same thing. Yeah. They all do it. <laughs> yeah, so but they're doing really well. Um, yeah, they're yeah. I can't complain. They they rarely get sick. Um, both of my kids have never really, other than you know the annual cough and cold that they get. Um, neither of them have ever had to have, apart from Noah's birth, have never had an antibiotic or really needed anything. Um, They've never really been to the doctor, um, other, you know, other than Noah's little stint at the start. Um, they are sometimes normal and annoying and crazy like all kids get. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just, it's just been so worthwhile. And, and that's it. Every now and then I, I might, you know, drop my guard a bit and, and find the, the cooking overwhelming and we sort of don't do as well for a week or two. Um, and that's – I can sometimes – you know, things start to go a bit pear-shaped. And for me, it's just worthwhile. It's just, you know, it keeps us all together. It's, and the cooking has really become just, you know, second nature now. It's just a part of the way we live. It's not like something I'm waiting to finish so I can, you know, go back to eating convenient foods or anything. It's just embracing it as a way of life and as something I can do for my family to keep them as healthy as possible you know it's so hard these days in the world we live in i think there's toxins everywhere it's so hard to 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 stay healthy and this is one thing i can control um and i don't want it to become obsessive I, and I, that's i think something i've got to learn i can be obsessive with it and a little bit too full-on with it all and that's where i'm learning to just um now that we've done it and sort of served our time so to speak that you know keeping it up as a as a fun thing, as a, you know, as a way of life, but also being able to know when to to just stop and say let's, you know, take a step back sometimes as well because it's managing stress for me, which I've noticed is for me one of the biggest things. Yeah. So it's finding that balance now of all of us trying to find that balance of keeping it up um, as best we can and also knowing when to just, yeah, have a break too. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about little baby Zephyr. 
Okay, so I <laughs> I swore after Noah and the issues we had, we I was never going to go back for a third. Um, I was honestly too scared. I didn't think that my body was healthy enough um, to have a healthy baby and I thought, you know, it's just going to have gut damage again. I'm going to have to go through that again and I was terrified because um, – yeah, it you know it was it was such a hard journey with Noah, um, and I just I was really really scared to try try for another one, um, and so after after about three years, um, I attempted guts intro myself, and really uh, you know it was about six months after the kids had been through intro, um, and I told I remember telling myself. Um, I'm not going to even let myself contemplate having another one unless I had done intro. Um, but after two weeks, I was so unwell. Um, I had to, I had to sort of um, pull back a little bit. But that's not to say. Basically, the whole time the kids were doing gaps, I was basically eating full gaps. Um, so I've been eating myself sort of paleo for since Eve was born, so about seven years now. So I think I've done a lot of healing over that time, um, regardless of actually having, you know, completed as far as I want to go. Um, and through, you know, through the stages that I've, I've gone back um, and, you know, done mini versions of, you know, gone on to stage one and two for a little while, um, worked my way backwards for a little while. You know, I did my I sort of um, when I was pregnant, I worked my way backwards down to stage one and stayed on there. And I always notice when I do that um, that a lot of my symptoms clear up. Um, so um, anyway, I decided to go back and see how I went and fell pregnant with Zephyr. And I was really, really adamant to eat as well as I could through my pregnancy um, and really wanted to stick to full gaps Um if not as close to paleo type eating as I could, getting in all those stocks and all that kind of stuff, but found it really hard. Uh, it was my first pregnancy that I really struggled with nausea um, on and off the whole way through. Um, so definitely didn't eat as well as I had hoped. Um, I went through stages where I did really well for a few weeks and then stages where I ate sourdough, to- sourdough bread and, um, yeah, uh, we had a big interstate move at the time at 20 weeks as well. Um, we moved up here to Byron and left um, my family and my husband's family back in Vic. So it was quite an emotional time and exhausting having two house moves, um, leaving family. So I was emotional, feeling really unwell, having two kids to try and take care of, really suffering with lack of energy. So it was, um, it was sort of hard because I was beating myself up thinking, you know, I, I need to be doing everything I can to get my body as healthy as possible for him, but also feeling like I just couldn't manage. But, um, you know, I, I was still was doing pretty well, I think, just trying to get those, those healing foods in as much as I could. Um, so I think everything helped, just getting in the broth, the soup as much as I could, trying to do that a day, every day. Um, and, I um, planned on a home birth with Zephyr, which was not something I was um, 
able to do with my other two. I had wanted to look into it with Noah, but because his his um, birth ended up high risk, that went out of the window pretty early on. So um, I found an amazing midwife up here in Byron who was um, happy to help me attempt a home birth if everything went well. Um, so um, that was really cool. So I was looking forward to that. Um, and he came basically on his due date maybe a day or two over. Um, he was born at home um, with everyone around, even Noel here, mum was here, <laughs> I had friends. Um, so it was a really beautiful, calm birth at home um, and just so much healing afterwards. I had mum here for two weeks, so um, I encapsulated my placenta myself um, and was taking placenta capsules daily Um I was trying to really eat a lot of warm foods. I did a lot of research on other, um, other, you know, countries, what people in different countries do in, you know, non-Western countries, how that their um, postnatal diets. And I found that really fascinating um, to hear how they mainly eat a lot of, you know, warm broth-based broth foods for the first six weeks, even longer sometimes, and those really healing foods, how important they are. Um, so just tried for the first few weeks. I was doing a lot of Russian custard, egg yolks, just as much as I could, healing food, teas, broths, all that kind of thing. Um, and I have to say I just felt this time so different. I didn't have the, the you know, the day three, three, three drop um, in emo like that crazy emotion thing. I was waiting for that um, and it just didn't come. Um, and I just felt, yeah, just this amazing, um, yeah, satisfaction and bond with him from, from day one. And he was, um, really settled. He went through a few, you know, a few stages where he got a bit, um, you know, like all babies do. And I think I was really, um, nervous that, that he was going to have an issue again. Um, I remember saying to you, "Oh, you cried like you know what's going on? What if what if he's got issues?" And and I think yeah, it was just tr trusting that he was you know he wasn't Noah. This is a different baby, and I have to stop treating him the same. And just you know, even if something did come up, I remember you saying, "Well, you know what to do." Um, so I just you know ended up after a few weeks saying, "I've just got to let go and trust that it you know it's it's all going to be fine." Um, and yeah, I, yeah, he's been amazing. You know, you've seen yeah, him. Yeah, he's a big, sort of, healthy boy, big he chubby big, Yeah, he was born big and he's just thrived. He's an amazing feeder. He's doesn't seem, um, to be having any issues. He just, he feeds a lot. That's everything. But he's just, he's absolutely thriving. He's just, um, yeah, he's just started eating food because he was nearly jumping out of my arms yeah. last week to get my wrap or whatever I was eating at the beach. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and he... So you started um, Baby Guts with him? I started Baby Guts, so obviously getting advice from you with what to start him on um, and he's loving it. So we've just started him on just a bit of broth um, and 24-hour um, yogurt, which I ferment here at home. And he, yeah, he just couldn't get enough of that. So we've just started him on just some veggies. Um, oh, sorry, that's my ALA alarm. 
<laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know what that is, that's the alarm for chelating. So Abby's chelating with ALA, which we do every three hours for three days. Day and night, yeah. yes. Um, so and yes, juice. Was, Have you start, you've started him on the juice? We started well. him some juice as well. Pureed um, veggies. Pureed veggies that were added to the broth, um, and that's where we're at basically at this week. Um, so we're just sort of working through the stages slowly with him. So we're basically at a bit of juice in the morning. Um, we do the add some kraut juice and ferment. So kraut juice with his food, just like a little teaspoon or half a teaspoon. Um, and yeah, he's loving it. He's loving his food. He yeah. almost jumps out of his chair to get more if I don't quickly spoon it in his mouth. Um, and yeah, I just, I've just got no worry. You know, I'm just not worried about him at all. He's just, he just seems to be, yeah, just thriving. So, um, and I'm, you know, it's just so nice doing this from the start, doing this baby gap and knowing that I'm, you know, doing, doing everything I can for him. Um, and, you know, I'm sure, you know, he's not going to be totally free of any issues. But, you know, he's, I'm doing everything I can from, from day one and, and if anything comes up, I know what to do. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story with us today, Abby. It's so My good pleasure. to have another story of hope um, added onto the podcast. Yeah, I love, yeah, like I said, I, this is so, like such a good podcast because I just think, you know, so many people out there these days with kids and it's just so prevalent these days with allergies and, um, you know, eczema and asthma and all these kind of things and it's just so eye-opening just to like, I just am so blessed that I came across this at this stage of my life with, you know, my kids and that, you know, I can hopefully save them from a lot of, you know, where I was going with Noah, it was sort of like, you know, I would have had to take him off eggs, he would have been egg intolerant and dairy intolerant and nut intolerant and you know a life of keeping him away from all these foods and you know just like so many kids out there and I just it was so refreshing to see that there's you know I had to put a lot of faith in it but there's a way around it we can heal and and now he doesn't have to avoid all those foods he can you know we we avoid gluten and um processed foods still and I will try and do that for as long as he can yeah but you know he can he can eat all those foods that were causing him issues he can eat now without reacting and yeah that's just I just think these stories are awesome just to you know get out there to more parents who are feeling lost and needing some inspiration and needing some um support with you know looking at other ways to heal and yeah I'm glad I just help awesome thank you so much and if there's Anyone else out there that has a story to share with me, and as I've said in previous podcasts, is that it doesn't have to be a GAP story. So I am a GAPS practitioner, but I don't think it is the one and only way. And so if you have a story that you would like to share, a healing story um, on the podcast, then send me an email through to hello at elisecummerford.com. Thanks so much for your time today, Abby. Thanks, Mark. Not a problem. Okay, bye. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.